What's up, everybody, and welcome to Pep Talk. You have, another, you have another episode here with myself, Big Pep, and my co-star, the man himself, Mr. Juan Ramirez. What's cracking, Juan? How you doing? What's new with you? Uh, nothing really. Not not much since last time we talked, which was like a week ago. So a week ago. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we put out a fire podcast. Yeah. Which, it was the uh, the Rolex boys. Yeah. And they, uh, them, they're making damn near a million dollars in six Alec months. Alec and Andrew, yeah. They're like 26-year-olds. Um, Why are they called the Rolex boys? <laughs> they're called the Rolex boys because they started uh, pretty much slaying Rolexes. But it's, but, but it's I say that in like layman's terms, but they yeah. like go through the whole like, they call themselves, themselves brokers and they put themselves in the right location and the right situation. They sit down with the right people. Uh-huh. And they pretty much say, hey, you want a Rolex? We can get it. And then they buy wholesale. They flip them. And they've sold, they sold some Rolexes for $1,000, $20,000, $250,000. Okay. And uh, they're best friends. They grew up since, was it? Since like sixth grade. Since like sixth grade. And one of them is my brother-in-law. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I dig that. Hey, so yeah. with, who are you with, talking to today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that being said, I love our guest. She, she, she asks questions, but that's always, that's always been about her. She's always just like she likes to just be straightforward. So look, at, I like to introduce Courtney Young. So I've known this individual for over twenty plus years. Um, I started playing basketball. I was twelve years old, and we'll get more into detail with her. But she was probably one of the top. I would say a handful of a. Uh, women basketball players of all time here in Ventura County. Um, I had told Juan this before we started the podcast that a lot of things have changed and I want to be able to also address you the right way. And so when you walked in, the first thing I asked was, will I, will you like to be called court in your court? So, and you told me it was court. Yeah. Next thing is, is pronouns. There you go. And again, then the reason why I'm bringing this up and I had this discussion with Juan yeah. earlier and I had a discussion with my wife last night was because there's a lot of motherfuckers who won't take the time or effort or even say, hey, I don't know, yeah. which I'm saying I don't know. Yeah. And I'd like to know hey, for, for, for moving forward mm-hmm. is court. And then what is your pronoun? My preferred pronouns are they, them. They, them. Cool. Um, and that's simply because I don't feel I definitely don't feel all the way female. Mm hmm. And I feel more masculine, but I am aware that, I guess in this moment, I just am aware that I don't feel like I want to transition to he, you know what I mean? Mm. So they, them is the, the, the balance of both worlds for me. But yeah. And honestly, I had, I had no idea. And before I looked it up on Google, I was yeah. like, all right, might as well ask the source. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah. Fair. It's so, weird how it's such like taboo to ask that question when yeah. it's really not. It's like. That's the nicest thing you can do, honestly, to just ask. That's 100%. That's 100%. And I think if we get in the habit of introducing ourselves with our names and then saying, like, what are your pronouns or saying your name and then saying your pronouns, I think that that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's easy. I dig it. I dig it. And again, I'm... uh Juan is... I think I feel like you, you've, you've, you've studied and understand it a little bit more than me. I Again, I'm, I'm still learning. So for me, this is all... All new, so there. I appreciate it. Um, Cheers on you, Juan. Thank you. Yeah, let's go. Now respect. Yeah. So, for the people who don't know, let's talk about. Um, you were born and raised in 
Los Angeles? Correct. Westchester, specifically, Playa del Rey area, right near the airport. Um, basically, uh, lived there until, what, probably like 13. Lived in Manhattan Beach for a little bit. And then, I think that's when I came, yeah, directly up here from no, Manhattan Beach. But, but before we get to being out yeah, here, you, yeah. you ended up hooping. So, first thing first, you were a hooper. Yeah. Growing yes. up, hooper, I tell people... Um, one of the few people that I looked up to here in Ventura Thank was you. You, you know, you. the way you play, the way you handle yourself, the way you talk shit to people, whether <laughs> whether whether it be guys, whether it be girls, you would handle the ball like Allen Iverson. You had a fadeaway like MJ. Like, like you just yeah. had the most swag. Thank you. Swag. And then off record, I was telling Juan about how your sneaker collection is, is <laughs> probably still incredible. It's It was better. It was better. <laughs> but... When you went to cross to Crossroads, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you were already an All American by your sophomore year, correct? Yes. What exactly got you to want to go to uh, to cross to Crossroads, mm-hmm. and then where did you pretty much like get the love for the game from? Uh, so, I, like I mentioned, I grew up in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Westchester is right next door to Inglewood, um, so the forum was there. I see the Showtime book on yep. the table. Shout out. Um, so Westchester Park and Westchester YMCA was like the little hub of all the, the youngins from the Lakers. Their kids played there. So, um, yeah, so we just had a little squad. I started playing uh, rec ball, I think, when I was five. Um, and I was like the only girl playing with the boys. And that's always how it was. That's just what I did until I was 12. And then when I be- got to be 12 years old... It was kind of like, okay, you have to t- play travel ball or that's basically it. Yeah. You can't play mm-hmm. rec ball forever. So I was like, okay. Um, so I played on this, actually, this inner, c- inner city squad. We were oh, we used to play over uh, next to Dorsey High School, and I grew up playing with them. We basically surprised AAU. We won our first, like, it was the first time our team was together. We went to AAU regionals, won that, went to nationals, uh, came back. I think I was 11 then. We did not win at nationals, but I got to go to nationals for the first time. Yeah. Came back. Um, and then when I got to be 12, that's when I started playing on SoCal. And that was the squad. Whereas uh, the starting five were still close. Like that, that's my, those are my sisters. Is that, is that uh, Diana, Diana Taurasi on there? Correct. Okay. Correct. So from 12 to 18, we basically played basketball together. And, uh, yeah, we had a squad. We won regionals, won AU nationals one year, and then we basically got, like, third, fourth, fifth. Um, as years went on, we started losing a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so basketball was uh, a really, really special thing in my life for a long time. Uh, the best years of my life. Like, we traveled all over the country. Uh, we spent every summer together. We sent, spent all year together because we're playing every weekend. Yeah. Like, we just, we grew up with each other. Um, yeah, so basketball was was it. And then my question was, um, when you went to, uh, to Crossroads, cause I feel yeah. like being an All-American as a sophomore, you probably had so many eyes on you. And what made you decide to go from being in L.A. where mm-hmm. – other than it's L.A. or New York, I feel like those are like the meccas yeah. of basketball. So yeah. what made you want to leave that and then go to Ventura, California, right by the beach? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be real, so I ended up at, at Crossroads because my mom just wanted me to get a good education. My mom was just like, she didn't want me to go. 
thankfully, I feel like I would have had a, a lot different, a lot harder time if I would have gone to um, a school unlike Crossroads because I, I feel like I was able to be a lot of who I am there. Um, there was like no expectation of, of having to fit this mold, right. As a student, like they, they fully, um, embrace young folks finding themselves. Um, so when I was there, we had eight people on our basketball team. Like we didn't even have enough people on the squad to have a full practice. Like we practiced at a park and rec gym. Uh, we didn't have a main gym. Like we, we didn't have much, you know? Um, but my coach, uh, there was George Cantero, who is actually uh, the Team Tarasi coach. Okay. And he um, runs Cal Storm. And so he was my coach at Crossroads, and he just – he's from New York. Funny that you mentioned that. And he changed the way I played basketball, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you were talking about handles. Like, that was what he – we play, We used to play it called follow the leader. Yeah. So he would play – he would do whatever move he would make, and then we would all have to do it. And when – I was at Crossroads. Of those eight people, five of them were seniors. So we only had three people going into my junior year. That's like the most important year in basketball. Yeah. Luckily, I was playing travel ball, and we we did have a lot of folks coming to our, our games, and I was being recruited through travel ball. But I still wanted to win, you know, and win CIF, win state, something. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I had to make a decision. It was not an easy decision. I don't really know how – Buena was really never in the running at all. Um, I was thinking about some schools in Orange County, uh, a couple of schools. I was thinking about Palisades High School. Um, and then some, oh, it was because I remembered Courtney LeVere and uh, Kelly Greyhouse being on um, Ventura County Stars. Gotcha. So we used to play yeah, against yeah. them all the time. And I was like, damn, that'd be du- two, six, three. I'm six foot. Let's go. Yeah. You know? So that just came to me one day when I was at school. And I uh, hit my mom up and I was like, I think. When is it? I'd never been up here. I'd never hung out here. I just played against them. And I was like thinking in a basketball mind of winning state and winning, winning CIF. I was like, what? This isn't, there's no better option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a culture shock when I got here. So that, that's what I wanted to transition to was, you know, I'm, I'm from Ventura mm-hmm. and it wasn't until, and I've never said this publicly, but it wasn't until I graduated and actually got to see the world and realized like Ventura is very, um, if you're not born and raised here, you're, you're, you're kind of put as like an outsider because you have people who've been here since people don't leave Ventura. Yeah. Generations. Yeah. Generations. And it's not a bad thing. Ventura is, I feel like one of the most beautiful places in the world. However, too, it's like, if you're not if you're not a whatever last name and your parents 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 didn't live here yeah. it's hard to be uh accepted yep. and for you especially like let's say you were a junior she were probably like, what 15 16 mm-hmm. like yep. coming into it 16 you, yeah 16 yep. you know coming in to Ventura you're you're the you're the you're the new person all people know you as oh you're you're the you're the basketball player yep. now you're just uh now you have the stigma. Now, right. now you're just a basketball player. Yeah. You're nothing else. No. You're just a hooper. No, that's very right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was definitely treated that way. Like, I don't think that people realize that I was a 16-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I made a, dis- a decision for basketball. Nothing else. I wasn't recruited to come here. 
I wasn't anything. It was just a decision that I made for myself as a basketball player. And my mom allowed me to make that decision for myself. Shout out to my mom, though. She's she's so dope. That's super dope. Yeah. I see her like once a year. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. So cool, man. I, I recently saw an article. Uh, I was looking it up. I was like, I was like, I was like, mind you, because it was 99. <laughs> yeah. Like 99. Yep. So I'm like, how much, you know, nowadays is like. If I stub my toe, I can put it on Twitter and Instagram and it's everywhere. With this, I looked it up and sure enough, it says uh, uh, the SoCal Hoops. Mm-hmm. And it had a whole article about a sophomore who decided to transfer. And this hoopla, mind you, this is 1999. And also, it's women's basketball. So it yeah. wasn't like a, like, you know, at yeah, that time, it wasn't fair. a big thing. Nope. And so for it to be publicized and then you coming from L.A., african-american and now you're coming to pretty much a white school it was like mm. you must have lost your mind yeah you got singled out from you the got beginning. Singled out, yeah. yeah it was it was wild and i don't think that i really understood how um impactful that was just like on my life and my psyche but also in the game of basketball you know what i mean like that that was you're right that was not happening back then you know what i mean um now we get to see how magnificent women's basketball players are 100%. because they're everywhere, you know? And so that coverage is there, which is really, really dope. And we definitely did not have anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember. So when you were a senior, uh-huh. uh, I was playing for a basketball team of inter breakers. My coach was Leanne in Chicago mm-hmm. and I was 13. No, I was in seventh grade. So I would say like 12. Mm-hmm. And I remember you would come to the practices. Yeah. And you would kill, you would destroy, you would destroy. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what a senior in high school girl plays like. And then I would go watch girls basketball uh-huh. and it was, it was nothing like that. And so yeah. I, I would realize all that when I would see you, I would be like, yo, you're, you're the, you're the prototype. You're like the, the ultimate hooper. You, you play, you play rough, you talk shit, you, you balled out. But me, I looked at it as let's. Well, you're just you're a basketball player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now looking at it now, like I realized, you know, there was probably so much pressure. There's probably so much, uh, you know, if you can you win? Mm-hmm. And if you do win, did you how 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 did you win? Did you win bad enough when you lost? It all falls on you. Yep. Uh the hoopla of LA coming to Ventura. Are you really that good? Are you not? You were 16. Yeah. That's wild. I'm like, look, I'm like thinking about it right now, and I'm just like, holy shit. I you was know? also just thinking that I was 16 and you said I used to come to your practices and whoop you all ass. No. No, but Leanne, like, playing against Leanne made me better. Like, yeah. Leanne was, she's so tough. She's such a good point guard, you know what I'm saying? So I always loved playing against her because, for one, she's, her tenacity is, like, yeah. insane. And she was always pushing me to be better, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, being 16 years old, I think, I think that, um, and I think this applies to today. I think it's really hard to put so much pressure on somebody so young, um, to be great at something so young in their life and expect so much of them. If that's what they really want, fine. Sure. You know, like let's help them get to that place that they want to go. But I feel like parents live through their parent, their children so much. You know, and I felt that a lot when I was in high school. Like I felt like there were girls that 
they were happy to be on a basketball team, but they didn't want to be the best, you no. know? And their parents are like being ridiculous in the stands, like wanting something for their child that they don't want for themselves. And so it just becomes like this vicious cycle of just treating people really awfully because people acting like there's not enough for everybody to go around. Yeah. You know, what, what would you recommend now? Uh, Cause like what you're talking about, like uh, having, having the pressure on, on young, on young kids, right. Or, or, or whether it's athletes, whether it's not like, for instance, like the first thing that came to my mind is kids who are, who are playing online sports yeah, and they're getting signed at nine, 10 years old. And then once the parents buy in, right. then it's like, now it goes from, Oh, it was it was a hobby to now you have to play ten hours exactly. a day. Da, 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 and you're collecting checks, this and that. Like right. for you, not that you were collecting checks or anything, but like you were like you, all all the scholarships, all this and that. Like I'm pretty sure you could pick out of a hat any school you wanted to go to by the time you were a senior. I had a very good selection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um So what would you say to a parent who had a court in their hands and they um, know that th- that this this person could be a phenomenon yeah um i think that uh having conversations you know checking in with your kids right i mean when you're growing up what you love from one year to the next changes so drastically because you're trying to figure out who you are yeah you know um and so i think having honest conversations and saying like if you need a break then take a break, you know? Um, but I think in the conversation of like, if you, if you need a break, it's like, well, if you take a break, then this person's going to be able to have access to this. And because you're, you're stepping away, whatever it may be. Yeah. So there's like fear on the other side of like, yeah, take a break, but you know? Um, so just honestly listening to your kids, if your kids are like, I am burnt out, I need X, Y, and Z. Um, also not putting so much of what you want to happen on your children, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had to have that conversation with my mom at one point, you know, because it felt like she wasn't being my mom. It felt like I was coming home and it was like an extension of what everybody else was telling me outside, you know? And I was like, I, no, no. Yeah. You know, like this has to be my safe haven. Did you, did you ever have a breaking point? In basketball? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I mean... My mom was always trying to set me up for more because I've like the cards are already stacked against me with my mom being a minority woman, single parent. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, I didn't live in a house, an actual physical house until I moved to Ventura. Like mm-hmm. we lived in apartments and we basically moved pretty often, you know, but we were in places for, you know, at least like two years, but there was a lot of moving. Um, and my mom was doing the best that she absolutely could with what she had, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think another part of that is like wanting to see a brighter road, you know, in regards to like my mom wanting more, which I totally get. I don't know if that's how she feels. I'm just assuming. Sure. Um, she's never told me that or made it seem like that at all. Um, but I just had to remind her, like, I need you to be my mom at, at points, you know? But, um. Yeah, I just, it was, I had a hard life-ish, you know, I had a lot of beautiful things that happened to me as well, but I definitely had some traumas, and then coming up here really, really, like, just, um, like, catapulted a lot of things into, like, a different stratosphere in regards to um, processing what I've been through, you know? Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I hit a breaking point. Basically, after my senior year, I was burnt out. Um, I. <laughs> but it's tough. You know, what, what sucks is like I'm looking at it like as everybody as um as a person who didn't know you. Yeah. How could you be burnt out? You're the number one pick right. in the nation. Right. You have Pat Summit wanting you. You can literally do anything. You you're the most popular person. Yeah. You know, newspapers are flocking you. Fans are flocking you. Fair. You know, I think for me is that uh, people saw the human me as just a basketball player. They forgot I was I'm a human. You know, a 16 year old human at that. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's all it became about was just like me as a basketball player. There was no, there was nothing else to me. You know, it was like court's a basketball player. That's it. You know, and I just. That's not me. That's I did not want basketball to be the only thing that people that's all people talked about with me. That's all like there was never like well, who are you, Court? Like what are you about? What 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 are you passionate about? Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, so that's just what I got was just a lot of uh shaking hands and kissing babies type of shit, you know? Um and it got to be very lonely because there was not a lot of camaraderie amongst my teammates at Bueno when I was there. What I imagined in my head, like lifting trophies and putting up banners, did not happen solely because we were not connected in the locker room. That can, that can literally just burn a team down. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Yeah. And it burnt me out, you know? Um, on top of everything that I'm, I'm dealing with just as me as an individual, right? Like I, like, again, I think that just the, the concept of looking at me as a basketball player just didn't lend itself to seeing me as like a human being going through shit, yeah. you know? Um, and then I, you know, I had, uh, a lot of folks that were trying to save me, like wanting to be my dad cause my dad wasn't in my life. Um, my dad was a well-known high school basketball coach in the inner city in Los Angeles and his squad was very good in like the late eighties, early nineties. And a lot of people knew him. And, um, toward my senior year, I had people coming up to me telling me like, Oh, your dad thinks, thinks you should do this. I'm like, I don't even talk to my fucking dad. How are you telling me what that's wild, you know? So yeah. like a lot of people don't understand or know what is happening behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're only seeing people in the stands and the games and reading the newspaper but as we all know, you know, like media's surface and also media is just like can be bullshit sometimes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So except for us, except for Pepsi, <laughs> we ain't we ain't, we ain't, we ain't bullshit. Nah, right? nah, 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 no bullshit here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was just a lot. So I was I was burnt out. And um, another thing that some people know, but I haven't really talked about it too much, is as one of the people that was very instrumental in like my basketball career and was a um, mentor to me was brutally murdered. Like right before, or actually when I was at Tennessee. Um, yeah. So that was wild. That was heavy. Yeah. You know? um, Cause you're and, probably what, only 18, right? Yep. 18, 18 years old. That was like the first loss. That was like the first time I remember my mom calling me and like just hearing in my mom's voice, like something was wrong. Like, you know, I remember that time. I remember where I was. My roommate was right there with me and yeah, it was just, it was heavy. Like, and, um, 
I played basketball so much growing up. Like, that is literally all I did. I played in adult leagues when I was, like, 11 or 12. I played in every single, like, jamboree that you could imagine. Like, anytime there was an opportunity to play basketball, I played. Yeah. And so, um, I had folks that were around me in L.A. that were trying to put in work to help me become a better basketball player. And so, they would set me up with, like different players from colleges that are current, like, basketball players to just get me, like, workouts and just, like, one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so it was one of those people that just played an instrument, instrumental role in who I am as a basketball player, and specifically in regards to free throws, right? Because that's, like, if you're a good free throw shooter, then you have to have some sort of routine. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting fouled a lot and going to the line, then your free throws need to be on point. Right. Like, because if you're not making, if you're getting fouled all the time, then you're getting more chances to get free shots at the free throw line. So, uh, yeah. So it was just part of something that I had to get better at, um, to be a good basketball player. And that person helped me with that. You, you, you just like, you, you brought up earlier, you mm-hmm. were in Tennessee when that information that like your mom calls you after high school, you signed to the university of Tennessee, Pat Summit. Yep. And then from there you went to, I took a year off of basketball. Took a year off, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you, you ended up coming back here to Ventura College, right? Or UCSB first? Uh, Ventura College, yeah. So I was at Tennessee, and um, I came home, like, you know, did the services, went back, or came home for the services. 9-11 happened. 9-11? Yeah. Oh, shit. 9-11 happened, and I was like, what the fuck? My stuff is still in Tennessee. Like, I hadn't come back. Like, I'd come back for the services, and I was going to go back to school. And then 9-11 happened. I was just like, I'm, I'm real good on all this right now. Yeah. You know, like, life is definitely telling me to just chill. So did you, did you stay? You just stayed, you just stayed home? So I went back because um, I had to talk to Coach Summit. Like, I gotcha. didn't talk to Coach Summit. So my mom and I went back and, yeah, sat with Coach Summit. And she just told me that she was proud of me. And she had so much respect for me because there are not a lot of 18-year-olds that would be able to have the conversation that I was having with her in that moment. Which, 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 what, like you just wanted to take a break? Uh, basically what I told her was, I'm not okay. Um, it's not fair of me to bring this team down because I'm not okay. Because I know how hard every single person that is on that squad has worked to get to this moment. And there's no way in hell that I'm going to be the one that's going to disrupt that. Even though you knew that your talent could... Technically, like even if you stayed and you just if you just did your thing, you just hoop, you'd be good. But but you're, you're, the inside, like your your own heart was saying, like it just wasn't fair for everybody else. No. And you were eighteen. Yeah, that's insane. That's noble. That's noble. noble. That's very yeah. noble, especially from from like you said, like the magnitude of the type of athlete that you that you were. You know, it was like that's wild. Yeah, that's super wild. You know. um, I think the one thing that I do know about myself is that I've I've been able to stay true to myself in times of recognizing that like having good relationships with, relationships with people means a lot to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um and so um that was just something that I just want to be like I just want to be mindful of like trying to be kind to people. I fucked up a lot of that when I was like burnt out and just like not taking care of myself, you know, um, I've definitely 
done a lot of fucked up shit in my life. Like I feel like a lot of us have, but it's just like, I just am constantly taking that as like, okay, this doesn't feel good. This feels out of character for me. Like, okay, I need to be better. Yeah. And it's taking me a long, I mean, it's taking me almost four decades. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I just, I, I wasn't going to take that away. from Yeah. That's, that's insane. So you, when, when you have, I remember when, uh, when you had came back, it was, Mm. I don't know. The analogy is like, because uh, I don't know if you're a if you're a LeBron fan or not. If you're Kobe, are you more LeBron or more Kobe? Uh, I'm more Magic and MJ. Okay, but yeah. Was, so when so it's more for me it was like when I when I found out you were coming back to VC Ventura College here in in Ventura, it was like LeBron's coming back to Cleveland, right? Yeah. And it felt that way. You know, the crowds were packed. Yep. Um, you had a great career. You were uh like. 10 out of the 10 All-Americans, you were one of the 10, right, at, 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 for Ventura College? Uh, What do you mean? I like, don't know. Were, were, I, I was an All-American. Yeah, you were an All-American uh, yeah, as well. I was All-American in high school and at JC. And, and JC, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, Superstar was home. Yeah. And then you decided to dip to UCSB. Yep. Um, After Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. did you ever think about coming back? To where? To who? Cause I know you had a couple, uh, you had a couple injuries, correct? As well. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. I had a shoulder injury. I had shoulder surgery after my senior year. I was supposed to have surgery before basketball season, but yeah. I didn't. I I just played through my senior year, and uh, <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> but yeah, I had shoulder surgery, so I went into Tennessee injured. Oh. Yeah. Did you ever have the surgery? Yeah, I oh. I had uh, shoulder surgery, and then when I was at UCSB, I had two knee surgeries in six months. Yeah, um, and then I had finger surgery. I had I tore my ligament completely in half. Like, jeez, my finger was wild. My mom was like so done with taking me to the doctor. <laughs> I was like, something's wrong with my finger, mom, and she's like, unless it's broken. Like, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, mom, I promise, like something's going on. And so yeah, she took me, and she still feels bad about that. <laughs> she just broke it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> For real. For real. How many years did you end up playing uh college ball? Uh three. 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 Yeah. Yep. And after And the- I secretly tried to go to USC like later when I was in my twenties. Because wow. I had one more year eligible eligibility, so I hit up Mark Track and we like I was gonna try to do it. And because I played on um uh what is it semi pro team for a little okay. bit down in san diego and somebody got there were people that got paid on that even yeah. though i did not but because other people did it i lost my eligibility no way yeah, yeah. and that would have been after the surgeries and you, you were yeah. already like yep. recovered yep how was your game when you were like when you were playing like semi pro uh it wasn't as good as it could have been no nah. no nah. but you could have played at sc though like it was yeah I mean, I think that I think I wasn't training as hard as I would have oh, trained okay. as a college athlete. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been wild. I'm like <laughs> looking at it like, dang. Yeah. So let's talk about the like your, the 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 new chapter, right? We, yeah. we we went through the basketball, and I know um, a lot of the people that are listening that are from the area mm-hmm. are probably like, finally they got to hear the, the 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 court the court young story and the basketball and how she came from here to there and you know all the all the they. 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 You're right. Thank you. You're welcome. And so the biggest thing is now, what is this chapter for you? Um, 
uh, this chapter is finally like court getting healthy. You know, a lot of the work that I've done as an adult, like in regards to my job, um, did involve uh, working with folks and like their traumas. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was able to learn a lot about how trauma impacts everything in your life, you know, day-to-day um, -day life, how you execute or like participate in the things that you love the most, i.e. basketball for myself, um, or I guess lack of participation because you're not feeling up to it, you know. Um, so I've just been really trying to better myself and just like work through my traumas, you know. Um, I was the type of person that went like relationship to relationship, like didn't never could like just settle down and just like be alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an only child, but, and I don't have any problems being alone, but I just like couldn't be alone with my thoughts. Cause I was just too all over the place. Um, so I always distracted myself, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, um, like I mentioned to you, Pep, like I just have stepped back from alcohol just because I wanted to feel clarity in my head. Um, and, just settle in with me, you know, and like not have any hoopla or just like distractions, just legit, just settle into me. And so right now I'm just trying to be healthy and like, I feel more creative than I have in a long time. Um, I feel happier than I have in a long time. I feel like I'm showing up better for folks in my life than I have in a long time. And yeah, just honestly working on me. Kudos to you. Thank you. That's a huge thing. Thank Cause you. I think a lot of people, um, can say it, but don't really mean it. Or some people don't want to say it. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, we talk about all the time, whether on the mic or off the mic, like, man, like there's a lot of things that we need to change that people don't see from the outside in, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it, it's in here. Yeah. Whether it's, uh, being a better, being a better person, whether it's alcohol, whether it's being a better husband, better boyfriend, whether, whether whatever the case is, is like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta find that deeper meaning. 100%. So you went pretty much your whole life. You know, like you said, nobody knew who you were. You were the Hooper. That's it. Yeah. The end. Yep. That's who you were as a person, as everything. I, you're obviously not there anymore. Yeah. Who is Court now? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was actually having a conversation with somebody. I've actually told a couple of people this. I have always felt like I'm a creative, like an artist in some way. Mm -hmm. um, I've never really figured out, like, what medium that is. Um, but like when I was a kid, I, I remember I had a room, like always music on and I always had, like, there were a couple magazines I used to have, um, like these graffiti throw ups on the New York subway. Yeah. And I used to just like sit in my room and like try to recreate all those. I have one of those right there. Style file. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And I used to just sit in my room and do that. Like that was like what I did. Um, and the other thing about basketball for me is like, that was like such a creative outlet for me. Like, I just get lost in, like, the art of, like, dribbling the basketball. Or, like, I would just try to, like, when I played basketball, I would try to just make passes. Even though I knew I was either going to get taken out, coaches going to be mad, somebody's going to be mad. But I was just like, fuck it. Like, let me see if I can just thread this basketball through. Like, so I just have, like, this creative mind. Yeah. And so right now, I'm just, like, really trying to figure out, like, how I can wean that in. Like, I love photography. That was something that I had when I, so... When I came back from Tennessee, my mom was like, you're not just going to sit in this house. Like, you're either going to get a job or you're going to go to school. And I was like, let me go to school real quick. So all I did was take art classes. My mom was cool with it. So I was like, chill. So I went to VC. I was actually at VC before I even started playing basketball at VC. And um, 
I just took art classes and I just lost my train of thought for a moment. Shit. Um, but anyways, so yeah, art class. Oh, photography. So I took a photography class at VC and that I just remember, um, like developing the film and just like zoning out and like how, uh, how therapeutic it was for me. Like literally that's exactly what I needed. Like I felt like my brain was going crazy, but then when I settled into art, when I came from Tennessee and I went to VC for that, it was like, it's like a photography especially with film is such a tedious process exactly. my sister did it for a while and i'd watch her do it and it, like you said it seems very therapeutic it is it's dope and you just like get to learn how like to use the solutions to make the photograph either lighter or darker mm-hmm. it's just it's just dope being alone in the dark room and there you go yep. and having time to yourself exactly. alone with your thoughts yeah yep. that part that part um so yeah i'm just i think i'm just trying to figure out like how i can get my creative juices going because that's definitely like what makes me feel centered have you tried any new mediums since doing photography um not really i mean i still take photographs now um i do really kind of want to get into like some sort of like visual design of some sort okay yeah yeah any specific like paint or digitally or digitally and paint okay yeah 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 they both translate pretty well into each other but fair yeah exactly i need to sit down with you yeah your brain some yeah that'd be fun yep down for that yeah i told you <laughs> i told you i was like this this the good thing about about you being our guest is like you get i get the spores but also too i told him i was like fashion lifestyle just the arts like you yeah. you've you've been had it thank you and what was interesting was that i remember again growing up here and you coming in like I would always be like, yo, what is Court wearing <laughs> every time? You know, and everyone would be like, like she's, she's, she's a girl who hoops. But it's like, but people didn't see the the, the freshest Jordans, whether it was uh, whether it was Sean John or whether it was a Nietzsche. But you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, those type yeah. of old shit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. she always had the freshest gear on. You always had jerseys on. I was like, that shit is so hard. But sure. people didn't understand the culture that was. That's what basketball is. Yeah. It's, a fuck, it's a culture. 100%. You know what I'm saying? It's like. The, the stereotype every every rapper wants to be a basketball player basketball player wants to be a rapper and it's yeah. just like they correlate because that they have this it has, it's it's a it's a it's a world that either you completely understand yep or you don't understand and you hate on it 100%. yeah you know what i'm saying i remember on my traveling team uh it was when carrie kittles was on villanova i think he was and he used to wear the one high socks oh yeah, yeah. Sock. <laughs> man we rocked that so hard and nobody else is doing it on the west coast like promise you so our squad was always. <laughs> <laughs> we were so obnoxious sometimes. See for us, that's fun. It was. I remember for us, it was like uh, rubber bands. I won't yeah, remember yep, all the rubber yep, bands. Yep. And then it y'all got, used to put them like around your calf. Oh yeah. Wrist. All, all that. Bicep. <laughs> too much. <laughs> I love it. Well, a question that I actually, uh, actually, I'm gonna keep it anonymous, and I'll tell you afterwards who told me this okay. question, but. Um, your journey, the journey that that you're that you're now that mm-hmm. you're now uh, transition transition. Yeah. Again, help me with the with my wording. Fair, fair. The question is this: What's your favorite part of what you do in your journey? And on the opposite side, what's been the most difficult, whether that's internally or from others around you? Damn. Um, tell me the first question again. Sorry. So yeah, it's what what's been the favorite part of. The transition in your journey, right? Uh-huh. And the second part is what has been 
what on the opposite side has been the most difficult and also too what has been the most difficult for for yourself mm -hmm. and for the people around you yeah uh the best part has been feeling just pure peace and joy like feeling 100 percent at home like okay this makes sense now you know before I just felt like I was just like I had this body I was living in this body I'm like okay I love my body I guess because that's kind of like what I was like oh well you're supposed to love your body you know but then I'm like I really don't you know so yeah so now I do yeah yeah now I do now it's a now I just feel like me um the hardest part is just kind of I think uh the unconditioning of people's uh, thoughts of like me being court was she court was X, Y, and Z, you know, um, that's been the hardest part. I think. Do you get tired of explaining yourself or do you just kind of like not explain yourself? I guess that is also a little annoying, yeah. you know, being like the token, like, Oh, well I don't have anybody else in my life. So can I ask you every single question that I have? Mm -hmm. um, and I think also the other, the, another, actually, thank you for asking that question. Another frustrating thing that I've thought about is um, how easy folks take time to learn about other things, but then something where it's like somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, you're not going to do that same like taking the time to study what that means and yeah. not have them have to be the one to explain it to you, that part. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be hard. I got I to gotta imagine it's like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also got to be kind of hard. People saying things like she was this, she was that. And like, you still I mean, have all those qualities. Yeah, like, that's still you. Fair. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's got to be annoying to hear. Like, yeah. that's still me. I still went through all those things. Those, per those things made me the person I am today. It's not like that person is dead. That is very true. That is very true. And, you know, I think that... I love that because you're right. Like the, all of those things make me who I am. All of those experiences that I've had make me who I am. Um, and I don't take any of that for granted. You know, like everything had to happen the way it happened in order for me to be here. You know, yeah. that's just, that's just the nature of the game. Like, um, so yeah, that is a part of my journey. Yeah. yeah you're not wrong. Do you, do you, sorry to cut you off on no, that. You're good, okay. You're good. Um, Another, oh, qu shoot, my bad <laughs> another question was, um, how did the, your personal journey affect the love for your, get the game? So basically, is there anything that you can take away? The way that I'm looking at yes. this question is, mm -hmm. is there any, any, is there any way that you can take away your journey in, you know, the chapter before this, which was, which was basketball mm -hmm. and correlating it at all with this new journey? Um, to be quite honest, if I would have had to add this journey to the basketball journey that I had, I don't know if I would have made it out, you know, because to go through both of, like, and then just think about like, especially the, 90, 90, that's what I'm saying, the, the point of time, yeah, 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 the point of time and like, that would be, and then on top of it being in Ventura, come on, I didn't even go to prom or do anything like that because like, I wasn't going to be the. Token black person besides, like, four other people, yeah. you know? And then take a girl to prom on top of all that? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. 
if it would if it, if if you would have been in LA, would it have been a whole different story in regards yeah, to the prom? One hundred percent. Yeah. If I was at if I would have stayed at Crossroads, one hundred percent. No questions asked. Well, moving here, you're already singled out. It's like don't want to call more attention to yourself. That part. Yeah. It's- I felt like there were times where like I started to get paranoid a little bit because I felt like people were like following me and shit. Like people would say certain things to my coach, and I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? You know what's wild is is it's speaking about like following, but did you ever hear that one story? Um, I think it was after you graduated, but um, when De- uh, Deshaun and Andre they got pulled over by the cops at five a.m. because they had to walk to five a.m. practice, uh-huh. and they got pulled over, and the cops literally pulled them over because they're like, "Oh yeah, like there's no way that you should be walking at five a.m." And they're like, "No, we're going to practice," and it was, they were crossing the bridge. Yeah, they got then they got and yeah, the cops got them, and, and from that day forward, uh. Dre, like Alex's mom, Mary, yeah, would drive him every day. But yeah, it was like that. That it was one of those like things that you don't want to like bring up. But it's like that's the type of shit that. And mind you, like I'm a Venturian, like yeah. I was born and raised. But like yeah. you can't, put, you can't put on these blinders and pretend like you don't see it. That yeah, part. you know. That and that's 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 the rough part. You know, I've I've lived it, and I've and I was born there. Yeah. So imagine somebody being an outsider, you yeah. know, or being a kid who's fucking 15, they have to go to 5 a.m. No, 14, going to 5 a.m. practice because the coach has yep. them doing a.m. practice and the cops pull you over because you fit the part. Yep. It's like, bro, like that, that ain't right. I mean, honestly, I, if, and I have a really hard time talking about some things because I don't like to sound conceited at all because I get shy about some of the shit. But I think that being in the Ventura County Star sports section pretty consistently Probably saved my ass from like being fucked with at all. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Otherwise, I would have had an even harder time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so real. I, you know, it's it's crazy because you know you walking in here. I also can't believe I've never heard that story, and I can't believe that's like. Oh yeah. I heard it right. And, I heard, and you see how fast. Not to interrupt you, but you see how fast I just go over. That? I'm like, yeah, that's just like being yeah. a young black person. It's the norm. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's that's the that's the fucked up part. Yeah, is like how I'm just used to hearing that story, you know. Yeah, and then just the two of them, how they're so dope and just joyous people. Yeah, they ended up one's a firefighter and one's actually uh he's he's a he's a nurse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like that didn't disrupt them or break them. You know what I mean? Like luckily because like you said, Mary, like your whole crew, like y'all got each other yeah. you know um or was it because sadly that they were used to it that too i mean yeah right. i don't know that's very very possible huh that's wild also why not just like drive them to practice if you're that concerned to see if it's real like be cool about it like or just not approach them at yeah. all <laughs> or that They're just two people walking on the yeah. street like yeah in the public but mind you that was uh what year was that was that around 99 probably yeah yep it's just wild. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your let's talk about your clothing brand. Mm-hmm. It is Young Bloods, but but uh, <laughs> it's M F G. Yep. But it's really it called... stands for it's Young Blood Motherfucking Good Company. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm no. Sorry. Explain it. No. Explain it's just, it. I mean, honestly, it's just reminding us to be motherfucking good company. Like, always be aware of how you show up to a situation because. Um, you know, you could bring it up or you could bring it down. And it's it's just all just kind of being aware of just, like, the journey. You know? Yeah. Like, 
I'm not saying that I'm never in a bad mood and I don't bring a shit attitude sometimes, but I'm trying to like be better about how often that happens. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Control it a little more. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it was something, it was a creative outlet that I was just trying to like get myself to actually start doing it, you know, cause I just get in my way, in my own way with it so much. So yeah, it's been, it's been really dope. It's been really fun because, um, I've gotten to incorporate some things that I love. Like one is architecture. So, uh, the first photo shoot that I had, uh, with one of my close homies, Mo DeAngelis, um, she was the model in the, in the shoot, uh, was at the Hollyhock house, which is Frank Lloyd Wright's. Like, I think it was one of his residences when he lived in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. for a moment. So, uh, yeah, I got to do that. And just like, of course, photography and clothing, you know, um, I do want to do, uh, some more like customized items and, and kind of do like clothes that I would wear on the daily. That's like my ultimate goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple questions. I usually end with three questions, but I got a couple more to come in my head. And usually I ask whether it's, um, you know, I can go basketball, I can go music, but yeah. If you could have mm-hmm. a song yeah. to your life right now, what would be the anthem? Wow. I, I have to think about that. Okay. I'll make it even. I'll make so many different songs every day. Like it's just like that's so hard for me. We'll get we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Okay. Um, Two. This is my own personal uh, question: Is what's your favorite Jordan of all time? Oh, the one, Jordan one. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Easy. (laughs) Easy. Easy. It's so clean. The the, the original. You're talking about the like the original. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're the best shoe. I think you can not only. Just the silhouette period, the silhouette new period. or old. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you. Also, too, is like this. I'm a big stickler. If motherfuckers wear uh, Jordans with pants, Same. And, if and if you're gonna do it, <laughs> but Jordan ones. Are good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, but do it the right way. <laughs> yeah, this, fair. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Three. If you can name, if you can name your movie, that is your life. What would it be? I'm actually thinking about trying to figure out how to make one, so I'll let you know. Okay, bet, bet, bet. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to go back to that first question, which is, what would be your song? (laughs) Can I I just name artists? Yeah. Okay. There's there's, there's no rules here. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I think uh, J. Cole. Yep. uh, Kendrick. uh, Nip. And then I just, I like some just underground artists that like, Maybe they're not underground, but like I like Lane Eight, I like Zoo, I like, um, I don't know. Going to concerts is my thing. Hell yeah! I'll go to a concert blind. If somebody's like, "Do you want to go to a concert?" and I'm don't know who it is, I'm like, "Fuck it, Let's see how it goes." That's cool. Yeah. Do you remember a song that you? Do you remember a song that you used to uh, listen to, in any stage of like your hoop, like when you were hooping, that like would get you? Oh, growing up, like. Anything like West Side Connection, Ice Cube, uh, Sugar Free, Tupac. Hell yeah. Um, DJ Quick. Yeah. That's dope. Mac 10. Yeah. I'm a big Mac 10 fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask my last three. Do you want do you have any more questions? No, go ahead. All right, cool. So my last three are this, and I always, I try to end most of them like this. Uh, one is if you could give three pieces of advice what would you say? 
I would say to spend time with yourself alone. Well, that's yourself alone. Same, yeah. Same thing. But just no one around, you know? Um, sit in being uncomfortable because there's growth on the other side of that. And um, be authentic to your people. Love your people. Like, real. Yeah. No bullshit. No jealousy. Just love your folks. Second question. It kind of goes to the first one, but, right, whether it's the highest, highest, happiest time you had um, at 17, 18, being mm -hmm. the number one recruit in the, in the nation, or the lowest time, Right. What's one piece of advice that you would want to go back and tell, like, a 16, 17-year-old court? That's yeah. so kind of you to think I was the number one recruit in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I would tell young court to <laughs> love myself. It's funny because when, you know, there have been people close to me that have always said, like, until you love yourself, you can't love anybody. And I used to hate that saying. I'm like, that is the stupidest shit. Like, I know that I love you. You know, like, how are you telling me that? Yeah. I, you know, but now I get it, you know? So just like, it's okay to be your own biggest fan, you know, like unapologetically uh, because nobody can love you until you love you. Isn't it wild that like, I feel that it's not until you become an adult that you realize that like no bullshit. Yeah. When did I tell you that? Like, Two years ago, mm -hmm. I finally like and like you knew me, yeah, fat boy, you know, whatever. Like I, the whole roller coaster. Like yeah. you, you know more than a lot of people know. And 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 it wasn't until I like hit thirty where I was like, I can honestly say that I love myself. And it's and and it and it was so like, um, that you can breathe. Yeah, and then and and you being able to tell somebody you love them. Like now you feel like you're actually like it's meaningful. You know, yep. it's wild. It is wild. And I think that that's the one dope thing about social media is that I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. But I recognize when that changed in your life, too. Appreciate that. <laughs> like, from afar. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so that's what's dope about social media because, like, I could see, I saw that in you. And, like, the trajectory of your life changed a lot. Yeah. When that happened, you know? I did. Yeah. Did. That's wild. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the last question is this, right? Uh, hundred years down the line, right? When people go back and they look at uh, they look at your tombstone, mm -hmm. right? It's gonna say, "Court Young was blank, blank, blank." Uh, authentic. I have to say, basketball player. Cool. Um, and I'm gonna say artist. I dig it. Where can everybody reach you at? Uh, my Instagram handle is at pure onyx, P-U-R-E-O-N-Y-X, kicks, K-I-X-X. Okay. And my brand is Youngblood, M-F-G Co. Youngblood is Y-O-U-N-G-B-L-O-O-D underscore M-F-G underscore C-O. And we'll make sure that we put all those uh, links underneath. Dope. Appreciate you, Pat. Yo. Yeah, this is a vibe. This is a vibe. Thanks for the vibe. Yeah, and I pre and also like I'm glad we were able to keep it real. Yeah. You fair. know, because I, I I'm telling you, man, like like you and for the people who don't know who I'm gonna say, I don't care. Yeah. 
you, Leanne, Jesse, made such an impact with with our team. Thank you. The Smiths, the Jamersons, myself, and watching you guys who handle yourselves was 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 legendary. So I appreciate that. We appreciate you. No doubt. Um, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in, listening. Yeah. Uh, subscribe. Uh, Check our YouTube page, all that good stuff. And also, we want to thank our sponsor, Persistence Culture Media. And also, thanks to our sponsor, Game Over Truck, the catering. If you guys haven't seen that video, look it up on the YouTube page. We appreciate you guys. Until the next episode, peace. I was, like, thinking about how I wasn't even nervous coming up here today because I knew it was going to be real. Really? I'm gonna sit down with very many people to be honest. Yeah. I love. Yeah.